we lost JJ completely. Yeah, we lost JJ entirely for that, whole, that, that hotel Texas internet not doing a big. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification buttons. Uh, tell your friends about us. Tell your family about us. Tell your parents about us. Uh, tell your in-laws about us. Because why the Especially hell not? Especially your mother-in-law that you hate. Tell her about us. Yeah. Oh, look at this. God, that didn't take long at all, fellas. Fanmaster. Uh, yeah. Fanmaster fan is here. No roast to me this time. I, that's no. You can roast me, Timmy. Uh, I can't wait to get you and Fanmaster's opinion on some things. I know. There it is, Fanmaster. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again, man. So yeah, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, we are going to be here to talk about the second episode of season one of The Last of Us on HBO. Um, looking forward to it. As you can tell, I, just to get the elephant in the room, I am in a very different location than normal. I don't have my Ohio State stuff. I don't have my fancy lights. I'm just in a hotel room here in Dallas, Texas. So uh, enjoying it. Thanks for the welcome, Dallas. Uh, they fueled me with some drinks over the last few hours, so I'm good and ready to talk about The Last of Us. Um, I'm going to take a step back. Matt, it sounds like you have some questions. Uh, I'm very curious. I texted Alec. I'll tell you this story real quick, and then I'll let you ask some questions. I texted Alec right after I finished watching it for the second time, and I was like, so how'd you like this episode, Alec? <laughs> and he sent me this <laughs> gif of this dude, like, shaking his head and shit, because I knew that this was going to be a rougher episode, and I knew going in. I wasn't going to tell Alec that, but I knew what was coming. Uh, with the museum level, it was not scary, but it was awesome. But the, this guy it scares was terrifying. First just, of all, Matson. Yeah, this guy scares if somebody winks at him wrong. So uh, yes, all right. I have a few questions. So one of the biggest things, Jay, that they talk. I watched the. I love how HBO does kind of the post-credit debrief with their like the producers and people like that. And so they talked about one of the bigger changes they made in the museum scene of it being. Uh, the what are what, the zombies? I should I guess I should call them that. Clickers? No, not the clicker. Well, that's a separate. But Runner. Just, They're runners. Yeah, the runner, Those yeah, ones are runners. Yeah, the runners and how that's what was chasing them. But in the game, obviously, it was more the, the military at the time, and then making that executive decision. That's a big change from the game, uh, where the purists could be like, oh, like I don't know. And then also how they presented how this. Um, virus traveled and doing that indonesia scene which had nothing to do with the game per se how'd you feel about all that um i was actually really good with all of it so it, it was a little weird especially like i love the indonesia scene in fact i got really excited uh when they opened that i looked at casey i was like we're getting backstory i was like i've wanted backstory for a very long time so we mm. kind of get to see and we still don't know if that's patient zero or you know if it was just that's the most it was an interesting way to portray kind of how that is has gone. But um, I loved having that take on the Indonesia and seeing this poor woman kind of have like really kind of some really struggles with, you know, bomb it. Even the scientist was like, just bomb this city, everyone in it. I'm going to go be with my family now. So it was really an interesting take. I really love that part. Um, I hope we get more of that kind of stuff in the future. And to just to kind of piggyback off that, to kind of like 
Fanmaster's point here, I think we will start to see some of these extra opening scenes. And I, I don't disagree. I think he's probably right that we'll see a Frank and Bill because that's a big dif- difference from the game. And I don't want to go there yet. We'll talk about that next week. But um, I really enjoyed, too, the changes that they made. Because I think kind of what we talked about in the first episode uh, m- episode is that there are certain things that don't translate well for the game. And one of the things that I liked was there's two major differences that I saw is one, how the, and you talked about it, Matt's and how the, the fungus communicates um, with the runners or with the clickers. And I think that's genius because I always did have an issue kind of in the games with the, the spores, because if you know anything about fungus, fungus spores, we breathe those in, all day, every day. Um, there's no way around it. That's a lot of times where allergies come from is, you know, pollen, fungus, spores, things like that. So it was always a little weird to me because in the game, there's like some places where it seems like the, the spores are like contained in like a room or within a certain area in yeah, the game. Yeah, they don't like go beyond that. And you're like, yeah, like, no, that's, no. Yeah, and, and from a game perspective, I get it fits and it works. But from a television perspective, I really liked that update that these, not only that, but the tendrils of this fungus can communicate across miles um, because it's actually accurate. It's true. That's how fungus will communicate. So I thought that was really great. Um, and then to kind of go with what you said, like I... When we get to the capital and Tess, you're right. In the game, it's Fedra that took out the the Fireflies group. Um, it's Fedra that comes in and Tess says, "Give me a gun." I, you know, I'm I'm done anyway, so I'll I'll give you time to get out of the capital and move on. Um, I liked the fact that they were not um, true to that piece. I think. The, if they do a season in the future of the second game, that leaves a lot more storytelling for Fedra as opposed to in Boston. It just didn't make as much sense. In the game, it works, but I think the re- it was really cool seeing the communication there when when they kill that one and then it communicates with all those ones that we saw laying on the ground. I thought that was badass. And then that really creepy-ass scene with poor Tess getting made out with by the fungus. Uh. Like that was that was rough. And so, yeah, so I'm very happy with all of it. Just keeping the idea that, hey, you know, this is kind of like what Fanmaster was saying. It's an adaptation. So there's definitely going to be, you know, some some creative license there. But so far, there's nothing that I don't like. Everything makes sense to me as to to the changes. And Fanmasters, I asked the same question to Alec and I'll answer myself, too. Would love to hear just how you felt about it. You played this game. You have your opinions. How did you feel about some of those deviations? But Alec, for someone that hasn't played the game, how did you feel about episode two? Uh, Yeah, I'm still blown away because if I didn't know this was based on a game, I wouldn't be able to tell it was based on a game. Um, Even the moments where they're going to the hotel, right, and it's blocked that's something you see pop up in games all the time but it didn't feel forced it was a logical made sense rundown building blockage um and having to take a different route not sure i would have gone through the museum route but <laughs> you know it, it it all flows in the same way you'd expect just a straight television show to do, or just a straight story so if i'm still impressed that they're able to make it feel like it's not part of a game and unless you know you really could come into this and not have a clue that it's video game based which is amazing. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, uh, 
I appreciate again the end the HBO does at the end them talking about how they approached the clickers for instance and that before they I guess they even started filming they worked on just different renditions of what they wanted it to look like as they knew the snobs were going to be like hey is it twitching the exact way is it yelling and twitching because I even it's been a few years since I played this game but I still remember how they walk how they, they like hold them you know all that and you could tell they spent the time and it's that level of detail in the renditions they came to and what the clicker looks like that helps me have confidence in what these later episodes are going to do when they show some of these other um, types of uh, the bloaters and things of that nature just the overall storytelling and if they do some of these adaptations as fan masters kind of talked about i have faith that they're going to do it in good spirit in a way that's going to open the universe even more because while this is one of the most beautifully written video games of all time i'd say it doesn't mean it's perfect for tv and you've got to make some executive decisions that work well but i'm i'm very confident so far that they're doing it right yeah and i think uh, it's a testament to the the partnership between craig mazin and uh direct neil Druckmann, the the director of the video game Druckmann, and he even mentioned so in what you're talking about that post scene where he talks about his the first time he sees the clickers and you know he's like i brought tears to my eyes because this is like a realization of something that he spent a good portion of his life creating and figuring out um to be able to see that live action adaptation which looked amazing by the way like i was so pleased with the clickers and the noise and the like you said the bending of the 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 contortion of their bodies and i just thought that was so cool but i think you have craig mazin who we know can write so well if you've if you've watched his adapt his telling of chernobyl like the guy can write and he can tell a story so you take someone that understands the medium of television as well as he does and then you combine that with the the love of this game that neil Druckmann obviously has because it's his baby he created it he wrote it it's his idea and allowing him to say no this needs to be there or this needs to be there this needs to be in the game in the show and then allowing of course craig mazin to say okay well we need to do it this way or we need to make this change so i think their partnership is a real a real asset to this show and to hbo in general when it comes to to making it because they really get those little things and even some of the bigger things right but this is another episode that has so much line for line dialogue directly out of the game and even some of the visuals are like when they walk into the museum like i was like the nostalgia hit me hard because i was like this looks just like the game when you're in that museum in the game like all those artifacts and the rooms and like it's a little more extended and there's a couple of places where you have to like bust through some places with joel but like it's it's accurate the visuals and a lot of the dialogue throughout this episode was word for word out of the game and i those are the moments that i'm like see we can do this they, a, a, a real good adaptation of a video game can be made going back to alec though having seen the clickers for the first time walk me through uh, your experience in the the museum here alec good thing i was wearing brown pants let's just say that <laughs> <laughs> um no but so you know we we get to the museum right and first of all i'm wondering why joel is testing how dead this uh, fungal tendril is by hitting it. Seems like a bad idea. Um, but you're going in, and they all have lights on, right? You got to have lights. 
soon as the clickers come out, my initial knee-jerk reaction was, why are your lights still on? Because that's the same in every single kind of zombie thing. Is you'll... Oh, because you didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. know. So yeah. I'm thinking, like, uh, if you go back to, like, I Am Legend, right, the scene where Will Smith goes in buildings, like, covering up with his light. I'm like, why are your lights still on? And then it's Joel going. He's telling, uh, you know, Bella Ramsey they can't hear or they can't see. They hear. And I was like, oh, OK, that makes sense now. Um and I was really impressed that they were able to slip that in because I was thinking, oh, why are you you're just pointing your flashlight right at the thing? Um, why are you doing that? I'm frozen, aren't I? No, no, I'm not frozen. Oh my gosh, JJ's frozen. This is wonderful. Anyway, so I was like amazed by how well they were able to, you know, kind of do the storytelling bit, but unbelievably i i i screamed when uh the clicker all of a sudden turns around at some minuscule amount of noise being made because i I, at this point i was like oh cool no sound they're gonna walk through the museum and be completely fine be a little close call here or there but they're gonna be fine and no they were not so that entire sequence of like museum coming and going was amazing Mm. Yeah, it, it was just cool to see it be brought to life because having played those scenes in the game, we lost JJ completely. Yeah, we lost JJ entire for with that, whole, <laughs> that, that hotel Texas internet not doing it big. Um, but I wanted to ask you, Alec, in terms of Tessa's journey here, where she starts to understand what Ellie is and means, and gets further reinforcement with uh, the wound, and she's not turning and things, and she starts to have hope. Where Joel is that cynical, doesn't believe, doesn't want to care. How'd you feel about her character arc? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, so I know enough about the games to know that Tess was not long for this world. Mm. Um, in the sense that, I, you know, I've seen Oshi play through the second one and there was nothing about Tess in the second one. So I figured she was going to be uh, leaving us post-haste. Um, but as for her, like, coming to this realization and that Ellie is important and she could be the cure-all, was really cool, but I kept putting myself in her shoes. Dude, if I got bit and it looks like that compared to Ellie over there, who's just like, oh, shit, got bit in the same place again. I'd be so mad. (laughs) So props to her for being like the bigger person and trying to drive into Joel like, hey, this girl is special. Um, Was really cool and I loved it. But I, I couldn't relate because I would have just been flat out pissed. Yeah, I thought she just did such a good job making it believable. And it was just cool to see that kind of character come to light in a TV show. I, I, I just keep going back. I've just been so, this episode so much. The visuals and the acting just really brought like the game home for me. And especially the visuals when they the cityscape and even like when Ellie, when the this episode started where she's laying down in the that room and like the way the light looks to the way the plants look, I'm like, man, it's like they just took the CGI in the game and just made it real and added more CGI. So impressed. Um, that's It kind of just took my breath away and I was just in awe this whole episode. And uh, yeah, just, I love it. Like it's, I, I keep asking myself, they're doing this so well. I'm like, man, can they take some of my other favorite games and bring these to life? But you... You already know it's just going to be a train wreck, but they're doing it so well. Uh-oh. 
Matson, you got a, a question here from Fanmaster. What's your prediction for no. episode three? What is my prediction for episode three? I don't even remember enough of the game to know exactly what's happening next. So Fanmaster, probably why he wants a prediction. Yeah. yeah, like I don't. That's I think that's part of the other thing is because I remember bits and pieces of like I, I don't exactly know what happens next. I know bits and pieces of the main plot lines for when I play. I haven't played this game. I think I played it four years ago at this point so some things are extremely fuzzy so the only person that's going to really be able to predict it is jj because he's played this enough times um i don't have an answer i literally don't what's going to happen i mean if they're they're trying to make it i don't even know what i don't even know what to predict so that's a that's an embarrassment so jj you got to save me well so i don't and it's a great question fam master but i don't want to go too far because again I'm, I'm working really hard this year with these tv shows that i know a lot about and movies that i already know a lot about to not spoil things that we haven't seen um but what i will say is that we and we've seen it in the preview so if you've watched a preview it's not a spoiler we're going to meet bill um and in the show we're going to meet frank now there's a there's already a difference there because in the game you don't really meet frank in the way that you meet him what is what it looks like you're going to meet him in this game so i don't like it looks like there's gonna be some flashback i will say that what i am excited about and fan master you can relate because you've played this it's you know you know the game pretty well um is that one of the comments that before we go to bill's town uh, in the game, Joel says to Ellie, I, I know a guy, he owes me a favor. And you never find out what that favor is, even though it's mentioned between Joel and Bill a couple of times. Um, to the point that the Joel, when Joel asks him for a favor, it's a pretty out there favor. And Bill's like, uh, I don't know you that much. And Joel's like, oh, you do. And he knows it. So it's, I, and I think my hope is based on the preview that we're going to actually maybe even learn what that favor might come from. Uh, because again, we don't know that in the game. So I'm excited for that. I'm going to leave it there before I dive into too much spoilery territory. But I, I'm looking forward because I think that this coming episode will be mostly things that are some of this creative license and back flashbacks and things that we haven't seen in the game. So new context, new information. And that like I said early in this episode, really excites me. Like that um, Indonesia stuff was so dope. Yeah. So it, cool. I would love to just see anything more with that. Yeah. So I'm really excited, but I'm excited to meet Frank uh, in the next episode because, like I said, you don't meet him in the same way in the game. Um, so there's a lot coming in these episodes. And so I think episode three has the potential to be the most different from the game. And yet really be the right place to have that amount of straying from the game because there's a lot of backstory in that part of the game that hinted at but is not talked about other than in passing where it's knowledge between two characters that we never find out as the player of the game. So I'm really excited. Uh, Fanmaster, great question. Are we playing live on The Last of Us Part 1 tomorrow? No, because unfortunately I'm in Dallas, and we've already seen what happens when you try to do things uh, with hotel Wi-Fi. Um, so I don't have my, I don't have the equipment to be able to play that game and be able to trust it to go live. However, uh, next Tuesday, uh, a week from tomorrow, I will be playing both the second and third parts of the game the, just like the, our ticker says yeah. at the bottom yeah right we'll, we always do our live recaps on mondays but yep. great question yep. i need it because that's the one thing i'm bummed <laughs> about mars like damn i know, I know. exactly like <laughs> with the the mirroring of it but to your point jay i'm 
I hope they lean more into the Indonesia thing or give us another, maybe it's not Indonesia, but it's the next hop from there where it's, I would love to see like these bombs, these craters, for instance, like, damn, what did it look like when this started happening a little bit? Where like parts of one thing, I, I didn't love I Am Legend, but I did like at times they gave you those limp facts of how it all kind of came to be. Then I think if they start to do that with The Last of Us a little bit more, that's something I as a fan and a viewer of the show would love to see. And I'm sure you as a, a I mean, you got a tattoo of this game. <laughs> like you're, you're desperate for like, man, these creators of this game, like give me more. What was in your brain that you couldn't put into the video game? Like what more do you have in there that I can see? Yeah. Uh, Charles, great point. So he asked if we've heard the buzz about episode three. Some of the screeners are saying best TV in years. Um, I have. So I've steered clear of some of it because I know a lot of the content, but I have seen people talking about episode three being like redefining how good. And really what I've heard, I think the sentence that stuck out to me is some one of the screeners was saying that it, it will forever raise the bar to unattainable levels for video game adaptations um, because it takes everything that's good about this part of the game and and look bill's little arc within the game uh is one of the best it's one of the most entertaining it's funny it's human it's frightening it's tense so it has all the makings and then it has a very uh, I don't want to give too much away, but the story that some of the backstory for Bill and who he is that you do get in the in the game is some of the deepest and and most emotional. After you know, a lot of the beginning of the game is very just tense, getting him out of the city, getting to so until you get to Tess, like what we saw with Tess dying in this episode, and then we move right into Bill, where you move into some very emotional pieces with Bill as well. So I'm very much looking to Charles's point to next week. Uh, you know, if they continue to set the standard, and I, I think the story has the opportunity in episode three to really take off even beyond what it's already been because of the content that's there uh bill and frank's story is one that a lot of people like myself that play the game uh faithfully and love it have a lot of questions about those two and that we don't ever get answered so i'm looking forward to it um so mattson you mentioned something that i wanted to talk about before i ended up disappearing into the quagmire of hotel internet and that is the visuals in this episode like i could not stop giggling out loud like one of the things that's always stood apart even on the 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 playstation 3 for this game is these visuals of boston uh and later on you'll see uh like this town of bills and so you get these different landscapes and cities and towns and they all look desolate and broken and just like the fact that nature has just overgrown these massive massive cities like boston to the point that they're unrecognizable almost and the way that they're pulling these off in this show is outstanding so kudos to like the the you know the people that are doing these visual effects and and really getting it right because casey kept looking at me last night watching it going are you okay because i seriously would just start randomly giggling every time they would show like in the background the buildings like toppling on each other and and the the trees and the foliage growing up into the buildings and it was just amazing to me and i was just so happy to see that translated into the the this beautiful television show so completely and utterly fell in love even more with the visuals of this show this last episode so it was awesome 
how do you think our uh, boy Javier would have <clears throat> critiqued the uh, the gunfighting here in this one? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. I think he would have asked why they missed so many shots, but at the same time, like that's a terrifying thing. I, I kudos to you if you can shoot straight with those things chasing you down and. And they're tough. Like Casey was asking, she because she asked me, because she's never actually watched me play the game. She just heard me talk about it. Um, and she was asking, what's the difference between what we just saw with all the runners that are laying there on the ground and the clickers? What make, you know, and she's, well, what's the difference? Why did he get so nervous walking into the museum? And I was like, it's clickers. I was like, this new level of zombie. I was like, it's exponentially different. And it's exponentially more difficult. Like in the game, and I'm sure you'll see it when I play in next week. And that is, it's difficult. When you get to the clickers, especially in the early, the PlayStation 3 version of this, if a clicker got a hold of you, you're done. There's no getting away from it. There's no If it got a hold of you, all that you could do was put your controller down and watch Joel die a very gruesome death. So it, it, it was one of those things where I told Casey, I was like, these things don't go down very easy. You have to shoot them very specifically in places or knock them off their feet and hope that they don't get to you. Because if they get you, you're done. Like, it's, yeah, there's no escape. So it, it was really cool to see that. And I can't wait till we see more growth with these, you know, the different versions of the infected. Because there's more to come. Even beyond, if they, when we get a second and hopefully third and fourth and however many seasons they're willing to do with this show, there's even more the second game has some infected that are quite, quite unbelievably terrifying, like unnerving how frightening they are. So, yeah. Get ready, Alec. That me. I'm calling in sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to give away too much because, again, there's some cool stuff coming, but uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. And I can't wait to see Bill. The guy's crazy, but <laughs> wildly likable, too, even though he's nuts. And there's some dialogue coming in the future episodes that I'm wondering if they'll, how, you know, I shouldn't wonder because they've done it so much, but there's some very funny dialogue coming. And after next week, you'll, I think you'll start to really, is when they're really going to start to see the relationship between Ellie and Joel progress. Because up till now, you haven't really had that chance. Um, So I'm looking forward to that aspect too, but um, yeah, all overall, Great follow-up. Great follow-up. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Fan Master, obviously, that's one of your favorite parts of the game because he, he keeps bringing up Henry and Sam, and we've seen them in the previews uh, a little bit. And that's, again, I don't want to give away too much because we're, we're still a ways away. There's a lot to happen before we run into Henry and Sam, but also a very great, great, great storyline within the game. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to those episodes. It's just crazy my love for this game and how well they've done so far i there's the more i think about what is coming the more i just think it's just going to continue to get better and better and better um because there's a there's a guy named david that is you meet that's insane and i can't wait to meet that because that's a whole wicked storyline that's coming too so there's so much coming gray welcome welcome driving but here we'll drive safe um, but glad that you, you joined us and are listening. I got a question. In terms of how they're concluding these episodes so far, how do you feel about that? Because it's obviously episode one was like an hour and 25. This one was, I think, like 50-something or maybe slightly longer than that. 
Um, how do we feel about the pace here? I love it. And I love that it's so varying. You know what I mean? Like they knew that the first episode was, they had to be long cause they had to give you just the right amount of information and story to get you bought in. And I thought 80 minutes was perfect for this one. I, you know, I thought it was great. Like I, there's just, I, but I'm biased. So Alec, what do you think? Cause you don't have the same biases that I do. No complaints. Um, when I first saw that the episode one was like 120 minutes, like, but it did a great job of like, you know, holding my attention for that long. And then 50 minutes or 55 minutes or whatever it ended up being was like super sweet spot. Um, And it's almost like they're going to, like, it's almost like they're treating it like a save game, right? Like an automatic save Mm -hmm. in a game Mm -hmm. where you get Mm -hmm. to a certain point or to a cut scene. Um, And then that's where they're clipping it off. So I'd be interested to see if they kind of keep that up um, to where you'd expect for a cut scene to enter into the game. I mean, it's been so good that when I saw the runtime, I knew the runtime for this one, and I was already like, oh. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> an hour and 20 for each episode for, and how many do we have? I can't remember the total number we have for I think it's nine. Okay, good. So it's, yes. Yeah, so yeah, an hour and 20 for each one would be quite impressive. So I mean, I'll take what I can get. But I, from what I understand, the third one's supposed to be relatively long. Um, kind of ticks back up again based off some of the subject matter we've got to take on. Uh, I think it's 80 minutes. I think that's where I was getting the 80 minutes. Not this past. This past was only 50-something. But I think episode three is going to be around 80 minutes runtime. Oh, I showed the wrong one first. Sorry, I had to laugh at this. Fanmaster, this is something I actually talk about a lot in in movies. Because, I mean, post-apocalyptic movies, I mean, The Last of Us, it's a game. It's a TV show now. But movies, TV, I mean, it's a a hot topic. It's a hot genre. Uh, The Walking Dead, uh, all these different games that we play. Um, the one like the Book of Eli is one of, actually one of my favorites with Denzel Washington. Uh, but I just laugh like being alive or, or being born into these points in time, uh, post-apocalyptic. Like I feel like it just sucks. There's not a lot to in ways. There's not a lot to live for. Like usually these protagonists, when everything's decimated and quality of life isn't very good. I believe that there's an afterlife. I believe in God. I'm like, dude, just send me there. Like, I'm ready to go. If what I believe in is true, I'm ready for the next thing. Like, I'm ready for meat, cheese, and whatever else that got up in heaven. Because, like, you're just slumming it down there. You don't have you, they, they don't got they don't have internet. They don't really have phone. They're going back to walkie talkies. They barely even have toilet paper. They might have paper cuts in their ass. Like, I don't know what it like. You're just the struggle bus is real. And heaven has meat and cheese. Yeah, seriously. And I I just feel, I'm like, man, if, if what I believe is true, I'd rather be dead than just slumming it out here. But I don't know. That's me. I'm not sure how you guys feel on that. But Bandmaster, that's my opinion. I'm like, man, struggle's real. doesn't feel good. I'll do anything for meat and cheese. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, You know, I, I'm with you. I'd be pissed if I was poor. I'd be like, really? Why are you having kids right now? What the shit is this? Um uh, yeah, that's funny. I like that. Meat and cheese. Uh, Gray, to your point, the cutoffs are where they need to be. I, I agree. Uh, I think, uh, to kind of your point, Alec, I feel like the flow of where they get, it really makes sense. And it's interesting because um, the cut scenes, it, it does feel like each episode's a cut scene almost or, or grouping with a little bit of gameplay. When I think about the second episode and you're in the, you know, you're moving through Boston at a kind of a slower pace. There were some, 
I'm intrigued to see what happens in one of the later episodes because the dialogue when they walked into the hotel in this one um, and she says, oh, man, do you ever stay here in one of these? And and uh, Tess says, no, nah, it's too rich for our blood or something like that. That's actually directly out of the game, but it's later. And it's her and Joel that have a conversation walking through a hotel in a different city. Um, so I'm curious to see how that's going to play out in the future. Um, but I think... <sighs> Yeah, the rest of the episode without that, though, it felt like a lot of the cutscenes with a little bit of the, the museum gameplay. And then right when the cutscene ends um, is when the... And that's the same way. It's the way when these end and you move into gameplay that they're ending the episode. So it's really intriguing how that's working uh, to Greg's and, and to Alex's point. And even I think, Mattson, you talked about it too. But um, yeah, very interesting shit. Uh, when it comes to the timing of all that and stuff like that. So pretty fun. Uh, yeah. So I found here's just a list of run times. So episode one was actually only 81 minutes. Episode two, 53 episode three, 80 episode four, 50 five, 59, six, 59, seven, 56, eight, 51 and nine, only 43 minutes. So there's your run times or estimated. They're the, those are subject to change because they do some edits sometimes in between, but that's where they're at there. Uh, oh, that's messed up. <laughs> Great. So we'll point out they started the outbreak in a flower plant. Sarah couldn't make pancakes. Joel didn't bring home a cake. They didn't eat the neighbor's biscuits. Joel escaped immediate infection. <laughs> Leave it to Gray. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Hey, wow! You, you don't you don't eat your neighbor whenever they drop cookies by or something like that. You gotta know how clean they are. You gotta know like I'm I'm not like that. I'll I'll I probably would eat all those things. But now, yeah. pay attention to that. Yeah, fan master. I'm not gonna put your comment out there because it's got some spoilery shit in there. Which it's great point though, and I think to your point that actor would be a great choice if there's a season two that follows game two at all. Um, fan master's got some crystal ball shit going on where he's just yeah. like he just I know. It's- yeah, he, he's talking. He talks spoilers. I like it. I like it. Um, he's like me before I decided I wasn't going to spoil shit anymore. Uh, I will say this, though, that I hope because and I'm only bringing this up because I've seen a lot of articles of people talking about season two um, and then comparing it to what they like some of the casting choices they might make for season two. If they go, I hope my hope is that at the end of season one, which is uh, supposedly going to be end of season or is going to be season two, right? I hope they don't do season two as game two. I want more. There's a five-year gap in the games, okay? So uh, the game one ends. The next time we see these these characters is five years later in the story. I want some of the shit that happens in between that. Because the other thing that I run into, and this kind of gives me like the twitchy heebie-jeebies from like Game of Thrones, because when you got past the Game of Thrones series, when you got past the established content, shit went south. I don't think you'll have that same problem because of the connection to Neil Druckmann, that it being a showrunner. Um, and as long as he stays along, I think you can continue on without content that we've seen in a game and have it be good. 
But I think if they did season two and jump it right into game two, I think you're doing a disservice to this series of games and not with the amount of, of content that happens in between one and two that we just don't know about except for some flashbacks in part two. I think there's a lot of opportunity for a second season, maybe even a third season before we go there. Uh, the other thing that it allows for is Bella Ramsey, even though she's 19 years old, the actress is 19 years old. She still looks like a good 14 year old. I, I would, it would be interesting to me, I think giving some time, maybe a couple seasons, at least one season in between one and two allows her to age a little bit more, even to give some of that rugged look. And now makeup does a lot, but that's just my opinion. I hope they don't jump right into game two in season two because I don't know where you go. Knowing what happens in game two, I don't know how you go from there. But anyway. <laughs> Me too, fan master. Me too. That's funny shit. I'm hoping for the car conversation with Joel and Ellie after they leave, Bill. But anyway. Um, you guys have any other things you want to talk about when it comes to this episode two? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, we covered it. I think Perfect. we're all very impressed and can't wait for, for episode three. Yeah, I mean, no surprise here. This is my new favorite show ever made. So, <laughs> And we're two episodes in. I don't think anybody was surprised by that with as good as it's been that it would be. But it just goes right along and continues my love of this content and these characters and this game and show. So uh, with that, uh, Alec, tell everybody where they can find us when they're not tuning in to watch us live on Tuesdays. Or Mondays. Happy to ready for some fun dialogue. Here we go. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this, the second episode of The Last of Us on HBO. So far, it seems to be doing an exceptional job from clickers to weird kissing scenes that I imagine is a play for play on how Matson's first kiss went down. Guys, we are in the midst of a huge push for content from TV to movies to even JJ live streaming some sweet game footage. So mash that follow or subscribe button and hit the bell so you can stay up to date on everything because it is a lot for the next little while. If this still isn't enough content for you dirty little content whores, check out the past episodes of What's Our Verdict wherever podcasts can be found, such as Stitcher, Ghana, or Apple Podcasts. Just search for What's Our Verdict. Special thanks to our current patron, Ginger Appreciation Society. If you were a clicker, you'd steal my heart. <laughs> You too can join the What's Our Verdict Patreon, where for less than the cost of a Hulu subscription, with ads of course, you can access better content than Hulu and not even have to deal with ads. You're welcome. With that, I will send it back to the King of Sween, the terrible titan, JJ. That's right. Thanks, Alec. I get better every time. Um, yeah. Again, just a reminder, I won't be playing live tomorrow unfortunately i'm stuck in a hotel so it doesn't functionally work um but i will be back at it next tuesday so a week from tomorrow um with that guys it's been great we've had people tuning into the live great comments fan master gray charles thanks for as always for joining us and and putting in your two cents and comments and spoilers and questions we love it keep doing it we're excited to have you um do you have something, Matson? I just need to defend for our listeners out there that my first kiss did go a lot better than having fungi come out of a zombie's mouth and having an awkward death stares. I was tr I was not trying to light something on fire. It was an enjoyable experience, and I was very happy with that. So I just had to set the record straight. There. Thank you. 
it's good to know. It's good to know. I was a little worried about you, but you know. Um, yeah. And so, then, sir, if you haven't missed someone yet, or if you have, congrats. If you haven't, it's gonna be great. It won't be like that. That's you don't fair. know that. <laughs> That's also fair. Uh, but we digress. Um, in such a great way Uh, but as always you know we appreciate you guys tuning in and we will catch you on the next one bye hasta la vista baby cinemagic out